You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network. We continue our ongoing, exclusive, exclusive, I'll say that word, coverage of Third Watch, the greatest television show to ever be a television show. As we really now get into the pointy, pointy, pointy end of season two, uh, we are into the penultimate episode of this season, Exposing Faith. What an episode this is. One of my personal favorites. Uh, one of the best episodes of this show. I, I'd, I'd argue this is a top ten episode of Third Watch. Uh, first aired 14th of May, 2001. Uh, this episode itself was written by Whitney Bull Williams and Edward Allen Bonero, one of the big forerunners of the show, the co-creator, of course, and um, directed by uh, Nick Gomez. Lot of fun stuff to talk about in this episode. My name is Ben, and I haven't arrested a hairstyle like that since Michael Jackson was black. <laughs> My name is Darvell, and... I'm telling you, if I have to write you another tardy notice this week, they're going to send me to the principal's office. (laughs) Oh, this episode is so quotable, Darvell. It's just so quotable. There's so many things in this episode I want to say. (laughs) Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah. I wonder if you also, I wonder if another quote you had in your head was, oh, gosh, what was it? You should save it, about... save it for the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I I've, got, I've got another one lined up for the end. But, uh, yeah, but uh, Exposing Faith, this episode, like, oh, just such a good one. It's such a character-driven episode. And, you know, I, I think kind of I'm noticing that, obviously, in my personal opinion, my two favorites, and when I think of the two best episodes of Third Watch, are very much character-driven episodes, obviously, After Hours and the self-importance of being Carlos. You know, they're not really about the job. Um, you know, there's elements of the job to them, but, you know, it's kind of not, obviously, the the starring factor. And that's similar to this one. I mean, you know, top ten, I would say, at least on the cusp of the top ten of uh, the greatest episodes of this show, it's just so good. And I think this just backs up our new claim here, Darvell, that Molly Price is the star of Third Watch. And you can just... Oh, she's such a good actress, and just so much good stuff in this episode. We've got some amazing yeah. Bosco stuff in this episode, which always, obviously, is great. Um, yeah, I just cannot <laughs> speak volumes about how much I love this episode. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, I mean, not just, Bos- not just Bosco moments, as well as, of course, Yoke's moments, but the the rivalry between Fred and Bosco. <laughs> oh, man. Although there really isn't much of that in this no. episode, is there? Well, I mean, there, there is, but there isn't. I mean, it's kind of, it's interesting with the Fred Bosco stuff, and, and it's kind of, I feel we don't get any more Fred Bosco stuff really till like the end of season four, start of season five. So it's kind of, you know, it's not something that really gets overly explored. We've seen glimpses of it, but I don't know, this is kind of just like the funness of it. Um, and it's just kind of... Um, I just love, there's so much in this episode I love, particularly when it comes to Bosco. There's this one scene with Bosco, which, you know, this is Bosco, Mr. Tough, you know, all this sort of stuff. But there's just one scene which just shows his absolute kryptonite, which is hilarious. Um, but, yeah, this, God, this is good. Um, you know, we should mention Chris Bauer, great in this episode, too. This is really maybe one of Chris Bauer's more prominent episodes as well. Um, and obviously we know he's going to be uh, billed as a main cast member of this show. Uh, in a few seasons' time. So, um, yeah, the, yeah, it's obviously important to note sort of uh, some of his good stuff along the way here. But, um, yeah, wow. And, I mean, this is not all just purely character-driven. There is a bit of job stuff related in this episode as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is yeah, always that one that I look forward to watching. 
Yeah, that doesn't. Um, I don't think the the job stuff. It doesn't really come towards. It doesn't really come until uh, the last few minutes of it, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we get a little bit at the start, um, but not a whole lot. Yeah, it's kind of. What I like about what they do here with the job, like sort of the storyline and related to the the crime, is that it um it actually is done very well in the fact that it's kind of it's well bookend of this episode. So um yeah, it, it's kind of just a clever way that they do it. So yeah, I think this is just a very solid, well done episode. I mean, I this I don't really think there's any dirty kid moments in this episode. It's kind of just very much a you know solidly <gasps> written episode. And, yeah, I know, right? Watched it, an episode from season two without a dirty kid moment. <laughs> Round of applause, Ben. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, yeah, and we one thing too, which is kind of interesting, which is sort of we get a bit of a foresh. I'm going to get into this pretty much straight away, which I'll maybe mention this here, but we kind of get a bit of foreshadowing of some uh, future Emily stuff, which is interesting because. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing I'll point out is obviously, you know, Third Watch, they kind of recast Emily in season four and make her sort of, I mean, she's technically slightly older, but if you actually listen to what they do, she's actually not, because like Emily's what, meant to be about 12 here. So she turns 13 in season three, so she's 14 in season four, and from memory, they do mention a fair bit that she's what, 14, 15 in season four, so, um... I always, because I think 14. she's she's 16 in season six, so um, I actually always thought that this was one of the cases of one of these TV shows where they get a, like, a child actor, skip their age four to a few years just to make it more dramatic. Like they do that in soap operas. But, um, yeah, they actually don't. They just recast her. So it's kind of, yeah, I always kind of thought that they just fast-forwarded it. But um, PJ Morrison, who plays young Emily... Um, first Emily, uh, she kind of gets a bit here. And this is, we should really mention, uh, this is her fifth last episode as Emily because she'll be in the next episode, but she's only in three episodes in season three. One of them, she's uncredited. So, um, we're slowly phasing out, uh, poor old PJ Morrison here before she's replaced by, uh, Bonnie Dennison. So... Um, we get, we get a nice little scene and here, She though. was pretty good as Emily as well. Yeah, I mean, like, she was. Like, I definitely think she was, but I, I just, I wonder if, and maybe when, when this is her last episode, we, you know, not necessarily to the extent we did with, uh, you know, Morales' last episode and some of these side, other side characters, but I think it's kind of important, because they don't write Emily out of the show, they just change the actor, but yeah, you're right, like, PJ <laughs> Morrison does, like, in this scene here, she's kind of, she's good. I'm just guessing they, what they wanted to do with Emily and kind of turn into a real little shit. Um, that they, um, just wanted somebody who had a bit more range. So that would just be my guess for it. Um, because of course Bonnie Dennison then becomes a main credited cast member. So poor old PJ Morrison, um, who her only acting role is third watch. Um, so she was so devastated after being fired from this show, recast that she never acted again. <laughs> I wonder if Bonnie Dennison has done anything since Third Watch. Yeah, she she's she's dabbled in a few things. She uh, runs a um, it's kind of like an art. I think it's a, I don't know if it's a filming company, but she runs some sort of website to do with like art, and you can kind of like it looks like she does a lot of filming stuff. So she's involved still. She's quite prominent on social media. She's not been in anything major. Uh, you know, sort of one of these bit part actors, but. Um, yeah, she's got a bit of a fan base out there uh, from what I've, I've followed. I, I, you know I like my Bonnie Dennison. Um, so <laughs> I'm not going to deny I did not... Ha- I'm not going to deny I had a crush on the girl when I was watching this show. Again, uh, when she came into this show, uh, she's 
only two years younger than me, so, you know, I'm allowed to say that. Not really say that when I'm watching hey, it now, but anyway. Which, uh, <laughs> which would mean that she's not much older than me, because you're only, what, three years old? Two or three years old? Uh, I'm, I'm 30, so she's 28 at the time of recording this, so... Yep, um, and, yep, and at the time we're recording this, that is a little over a week shy of my 28th birthday, December 2nd. There you so, go, so she she's basically the same age as you, just a couple of months older. Uh, so okay. there you go. But we're still a few seasons away from Bonnie Dennison. We're here. We've got um, Jokas and Fred. They're um, yep. having their morning. And uh, I love uh, this start here, which is like going off at <laughs> yes. uh, Charlie. Don't be a teenager. <laughs> Don't get smart with me. <laughs> just it's like, That's a cute little scene. And you have two ball bites and, you know, you go to your room and pack your bag. So we learn that uh, the kids are off to the grandparents. Three days in a row without the kids, so Fred and Yokus are going to be having a bunch of kinky old sex uh, across the next. Some year. nice hot loving. Yes, exactly. The Barry White's playing; and they're they're going to it. But um, we mm-hmm. then get uh, speaking of uh, PJ Morrison, in she walks. She's wearing like what is she wearing? <laughs> like, a really slutty outfit. A really slutty outfit for like a thirteen-year-old, twelve-year-old. So yes. Uh, I love when she comes out and she's like, you know, I'm ready. Are you happy? And she's like, and Jokas is just like, excuse me. <laughs> just Jokas, and she's like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even like. Can I just point out? There's kind of a really creepy moment in this episode, which kind of gets gelled over. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Are you talking about what Bosco says? Yeah, we'll get to that in just a few <laughs> seconds here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Yoko's in the car. She's she's humming. She's uh, talking about she's going to be really, really happy this weekend. Uh, Bosco doesn't want the visual of them. This is, again, just the great chemistry between these two. And I know Brandy and I talked a little bit about this in the first season, is that this is just such a great pairing on TV that, you know, they never, ever, ever once even implied that these two had any sort of relationship other than friendship. And this is what I really appreciate about the pairing of Bosco and Yokus is that they just didn't go the cliche, oh, we've got a straight man and a straight woman working close together. There's got to be a bit of romance in there somewhere, even if it's loosely implied. Never is it implied between these two. And this is just where it's kind of like, it's awesome that, you know, he's Bosco, completely grossed out at the thought of his partner having sex. Um, when Bosco gives his partner every blow-by-blow account of his escapades, or should I say sexcapades. Yeah, and it's just, I love the bit there when she's like talking about, oh, maybe I can take the light bulb out and we can do it on the fire escape. Maybe there'll be lines on my ass and I can make like uh, waffles. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, Uh, honestly, that made me... That made me want to. That made me want to try doing it on a fire escape. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. Um, oh, it's just so funny. But um, yeah, so they they've got a call. They've got a another alarm's gone off at a cafe. And by the sounds of things, it's kind of been a bit of a regular occurrence. They said, "What is it like the fifth one this week or something along those lines?" So they um, they show up and uh, inside this uh, building, there's just uh, dead bodies everywhere. Uh, the music is great. So tense. Uh, kind of, you know, because we don't know if the shooters are there. It's just as the cops don't either. They're calling for backup. Um, and I, I, I do kind of like sort of, uh, you sort of, I, one thing I just don't really that pay much attention to, and I did in this scene, is like 
just watching what's going on outside in the real world, because as we know, like, Third Watch Films is in New York, and as, you know, they mentioned in the uh, the Knights of Camelot uh, video for Season 1 DVD, is that a lot of the time that they just filmed around stuff, you know, like a bike messenger would go through the scene, or, you know, the train would go above them, so they just told the actors to speak louder, because it's like they're in New York, like, stuff happens. Um, mm-hmm. And just, like, if you watch out the window in the scene, you just kind of see, like, cars going by, people walking past, and it's kind of... Because obviously the whole crime scene isn't here yet, so people outside don't know this is a, a crime scene just yet, I guess. I mean, unless they were hanging around and they heard gunshots, there might be a few people nearby. But anyway, I, just, I don't know. I just kind of like that sort of real-world thing. The world's going around outside, yes. even though we've got this crime scene. But Yoko's obviously falls. She uh, cuts her hand on some glass here. Um, I love the way they sort of edit between sort of this fry pan that's still on the stove cooking and... Um, yeah, it's kind of, it's just a cool little scene. Uh, meanwhile, Yokus needs, uh, some stitches. Uh, Boss goes interviewing a woman and we kind of, it's kind of like a throwaway scene. You forget this scene's even there until right at the end of the episode. And it's kind of, it's, I think this is one of those episodes if you've watched more than once and you know what's going to happen at the end of the episode, you sort of pay more attention to what is said in this opening scene. So Bosco, um, speaking to this woman and obviously, you know, she sort of tells a story about these guys come in. One of them asks for the bathroom. Then he emerges from the bathroom and doesn't even say anything. He just kind of says nobody move and then just starts shooting people. Doesn't, you know, take oh, off yeah. or anything along those lines. So, um, I do remember it reflecting back to that at the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of just the way they do that. Um, it's it's very interesting. I do like this next scene when Yokus is in the hospital, and we get random charming doctor. Who is this guy? Like we never see this guy again. Uh, <laughs> he's in a Hawaiian he's shirt. He's a one and done, is what he is. Yeah, this random Hawaiian shirt, nice doctor flirting with um flirting with Yokus. Josh Hamilton here. I'm seeing plays Doctor Thomas. Um, so the esteemed Dr. Thomas in Third Watch, uh, remember that name. Um, it's just, uh, this guy's kind of cool. will never be mentioned again. Actually, I'm, I'm completely wrong here too, Darvell. Uh, he is, he does come back. He's in multiple episodes. What am I talking about? Here we go. Ben Waterworth thinking he's the best Third Watch fan out there, but, uh, he's in one, two, three, four, five more episodes moving forward here. So, um, maybe he's just not as charming in the Hawaiian shirt. I don't know. Do you remember this guy? <laughs> Nope, can't say I do, but I'll keep him in mind for the future episodes that he is in. He's in oh, excuse me, I'm, I'm choking on myself here with my shock that I'm wrong. Um, he's in the Relay, Adam 553, Transformed, Old Dog's New Tricks, and Falling. So, um, yeah. He's in three episodes. So there you go, I'm wrong. They, they try to bring in Dr. Thomas. He's, he's Dana's replacement, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> even though he's a doctor and Dana's a nurse. Um... But I kind of like here where he's like talking a bit like to Yokus and he's all like, oh, don't worry, you'll still be beautiful. Um, and what does oh, Bosco yeah. say here? Bosco's like, what? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and then I just like Bosco talking about um, getting cancer from surgery. Like, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> And then I just love, you know, typical Bosco Yokus moment when Yokus is just kind of like, I want to go. And Bosco's like, in a minute, no, now. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh, i love their bandits so just can i just yes. really point out right now that like we miss this like th- every time i rewatch third watch one of the things that kind of semi makes me sad is that come season four like we just don't get this anymore like kind of it, it starts to fade away throughout season three when you know bosco does go off and do a few things on his own and then obviously you know season four cruise anti-crime and 
all that sort of stuff. Like, I'm not taking away from the fact that you've got to develop these characters and let them do other things, but just these early days of Third Watch, and you've got really good Bosco Yokus banter. Like, we don't <laughs> get this sort of post-season four, so... Yeah, I don't know. It makes you a little bit sad knowing that this isn't going to last a whole six seasons, but it's so good, though. Like, do you do you always kind of think that when you're watching this? Yep, and I also, and I, I, I said this to you off air one time as well, um, I mean, the fact is, you know, people can and do drift apart over time. True. And I think they wanted to highlight that with these two characters that, I mean, even if you're best of friends, you know, something... This, I'm not. I'm not really a spoiling anything here. I don't think, but you know, sometimes circumstances can come up that will drive a wedge between you and the other person, no matter how close you guys are. Very I think true. Third watch wanted to highlight that. Very, very true. And um, I mean, I've said a few times, and I, I still will stand by this. I mean, it's one of the the few things that I really don't actually like about the finale and kind of what they do with these characters moving forward is I just, I never feel Bosco and Yoko's get a, a truly satisfying ending. Uh, and I think you said you disagreed with that. And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that when we get towards the end, but yeah, that's just one of my gripes about how this show ends. And I've, I've come around a lot on how the third watch ends and I actually think it's a very satisfying and well done ending. Um, but like, especially just, considering they had so little time to film it. Exactly, exactly. And I remember at the time I hated the ending. I'm like, what? But like, you know, again, I've definitely come around. And I think it's one of the more overly satisfying endings of a TV show. But yeah, that never satisfies me. Yokus and Bosco, what they do. It just, ugh. especially with seeing them how they are in these early days. But anyway, well, still a while from that. But um, so yeah. we go back to where back to Yokus's apartment. Fred in a Jets shirt. He's a New York Jets fan. Go, Fred. Um, and, uh, I, lo- I love here when, uh, Fred's like, what's the one thing, uh, that I've wanted more than anything else? I'm like, Bosco's in the house. Don't talk about it. <laughs> um, but he mentions that he's always wanted a Harley Davidson. Brand new truck! A Harley Davidson edition truck, which was alluded to a, a few episodes ago, obviously, in a rock and a hard place when, um, you know, Bosco said about, oh, you know, Fred's always wanted that truck. Um, it's like, oh, I can get this yep. truck for free. It's like, free? Free. Like, I just love Bosco. Like, it's free. Um, so essentially he says that he's got to put his hand on a truck. There's a competition happening in Battery Park on the weekend, which is great. You know, he just has to hold his hand on it. But obviously this is going to ruin his and Yokus's weekend. weekend. Yeah. So, uh, Yokus doesn't, doesn't really say much here, but, you know, she's sort of obviously... You know she's friend. pissed. Yeah. Which, um, you know, like, not trying to be sexist here or anything but like this is pretty much a, a typical woman move don't really say anything at the time and just hold a grudge and make you feel bad about it later so <laughs> sorry to our female listeners but you know it's true um well don't worry we spent i'm sure of this... many of them won't disagree we've spent a portion of this season saying men are dicks through jimmy so like we're allowed to have a bit of a you know uh rebuttal here with women <laughs> women are cunts through <laughs> whoa yeah um, <laughs> dicks, cunts, wow. the same thing. Okay, right? yeah, there's Darvell uh, saying words I wasn't expecting him to say, but anyway, uh, <laughs> don't underestimate me, Ben. <laughs> I still, I still love just Bosco here. Where he's like, it's free, and then uh, Yokus goes off to the bathroom, and uh, thanks a yeah. lot, Fred. Um, so uh, have I? Have I missed? A, I've missed the creepy you, line. You- Yes, I, I was, I was, I was waiting for a chance to point to point that out. You, you, you were talking about how it's kind of gelled over, not really 
talked about, not really addressed later. I did that, didn't I? And then you skipped right over it. All right, well, I've got to go back to this scene, because like, this is a very kind of creepy scene. Um, it really is. Wait, so they're, they're talking about, uh, Yoko's obviously says to Bosco about, you know, oh, you should see what Emily's wearing, and they kind of, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, children, teenagers being overly sexualized, and there's a bus, obviously, with a, you know, a young model on it, and you look at Bosco's face, he kind of has a bit of a, like, oh, yeah, but then he doesn't say anything. But then, like, what does Yoko say, uh, Bosco say, like, oh, she's got great legs. If I was 12, I would do her, to which... I'm surprised Yoko's didn't... I'm surprised Yokus didn't pull out her gun and shoot him in the place where the sun don't shine right which, then and there. Which Yokus is like, this conversation ends right it's now. right now. But like, okay, like, I guess it's a passing line and, you know, it's just Bosco being Bosco, but there's no way they would get away with saying this in like 2017, 2018. And it's just because yeah, it's so I creepy mean, if you think about it. Bosco's just admitting he'd have sex with a 12-year-old. <laughs> oh. the, uh, the Italian... Police officer version of R. Kelly. <laughs> but, like, the thing that kind of, like... I want everybody to have this in the back of their mind now. Not really moving forward uh, with PJ Morrison, because, again, she's really not in it that much moving forward uh, post, you know, season, obviously season three. She's only in, what, three, four episodes. But when it comes to, like, Bonnie yeah. Dennison, who, let's be honest, Bonnie Dennison is a lot more attractive than PJ Morrison. And we can say that because we only ever see PJ Morrison up to a 12-year-old. So, you know, like... And, again, I was... I'm... We've... We're Bonnie Dennison's age, so when we're watching this show, we're her age. Even though it's creepy us now being mm-hmm. oldest, we're talking about a fourteen-year-old. We get that, but like, like, just think about this when Bosco's with Emily moving forward. That he's like in the back of his mind wanting to have sex with her. Um, so, wow, we just totally creeped out Bosco here, haven't we? Bosco, Bosco, Bosco. I mean, I mean, we know, we say, know it's you a- like the ladies, but girl. Come it's on, a fun, man. it's a fun, like, it's funny. Like, it's kind of, like, it, I'm not saying this is something that they didn't need in the episode, because it's just, it's a passing funny line, but again, it's just so not acceptable in today's society for them to have said this in the episode, so. <laughs> a lot of what was done and said in Third Watch wouldn't pass today, mm-hmm. as we've said. Exactly, exactly. So, anyway, we're at the next morning, um, Fred signing up for the truck, we're here, and Bosco shows up, uh... <laughs> I love Bosco just randomly showing. Of course, Bosco's going to want to win this truck. Um, and then, Not that so, he didn't really do anything with it. So we find out that Yokus uh, slept on the couch. Um, and, uh, you know, Fred's like, oh, I thought you were here to cheer me on. And no, Bosco's there to uh, obviously compete. Yokus is, uh, meanwhile, back at the apartment with a giant brick cordless phone. Um, calling up uh, Holly. Remember Holly from a few episodes ago? Um, get a babysitter tonight. No. Let's, let's get ready to go. Uh, what was she in? Um, what was the episode? Was it the very first Faith episode this season uh, where she came home and she was pregnant and they were Faith, just Faith? I think it was that one because it's where she's pregnant and she's told Fred and they've come back from their softball win and she's laying on the bed and Holly comes in. So... Um, I believe that's, she's only in two episodes, uh, could be, again, I was wrong about, um, the esteemed, uh, Dr. What's-His-Face, Thomas, so, um, Kelly Sinati, let's see here, third watch, third watch, yeah, only two episodes, good, I'm right about her, and it's uh, apparently, according to IMDb, the very last time that, uh, Kelly Sinati's acted, so, <laughs> post-third watch, after this episode, Holly... Uh, never acted again. She was so cut up that, uh, Yokus was mean to her that she just quit acting. Uh, 
Which, I mean, it's a bit of a shame. She's actually a good actress, like this uh, Holly. So, uh, we'll get to that. Um, so, we're, we're on the truck, and this is just some fun stuff. Just all this Bosco oh, being yeah. a dick to everybody. Um, you know, all these men. Notice they're all men. There's no women on this truck. They're all men. No women want to win this truck. Uh, so, Bosco's, you know, trying to just rip shit into everybody. We've got annoying statistician guy. Uh, we've got Bosco saying we've got a good feeling about this. We've got to create an alliance, and he's sort of like looking at all the people. He's like, "Oh, keep an eye out for this guy. Black guys have more stamina." And then he's, "Oh, well, statistically speaking, black people don't necessarily have more stamina than white people." And um, and then what does he say? Like, "This is a big truck. Get away from my end." Uh, <laughs> he's just like, you know, a friend with it. Starting off, you know, yes. nice, but uh, we get some great stuff in this. Um, Faith and uh, Holly are hitting the town. You know, here they are, girls' night out, and Yogi's is looking pretty darn good, if you ask me. So is Holly. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Holly here, Faith, you look great, and offers her a cigarette. And I love how she's like, Fred will kill me. Uh, yeah, I want a cigarette. Well, uh, yeah, like, fuck it. I'm yep. going to smoke. So they're playing pool, and Holly's got to pee. So uh, then we get uh, random photographer guy, who do we actually ever hear his name in this episode? I don't think so. Um... If it's this guy here, it might be Brett Tunney, which, if I'm looking at this guy, yeah, so I'm guessing it's Brett Tunney, uh, his, his build as on IMDb, credited as, but um, I don't think we ever hear his name. So, um, anyway. He's the mystery photographer. Anthony DeSando uh, is this actor's name. If I'm, again, I've looked up the right person. It looks like him, if I've just looked up his... Uh, his photo here, so, um, yeah, I mean, he's a good, he's a good actor, so, you, you don't really know what's happening here, right, I think kind of like the mystery here of what's happening, I like it, and that, you know, here he is, hustling Yokus, oh, you want to play, you need an apportment, a uh, uh, opponent, I know how to speak, um, and uh, we'll get to obviously that in a second, meanwhile, uh, we're back at the truck, and we've got a super religious guy in Bosco just being a dick. <laughs> you need to wave your hands in the air, Billy Boy. Praise to be God. Mm-hmm. Praise be to God. Wave those hands <laughs> in the air, brother. Uh-huh. And then, uh, obviously, yeah. they get they get broke. They get breaks. And uh, Fred comes back and yes. says, oh, Yokus hasn't been answering the phone. It's almost 10 o'clock. Uh, you know, kind of setting this up and just, you know, just kind of the back and forth of... Fred's not knowing what's going on. Why is Yoka's pissed at him? And, like, again, going back to my point about this is kind of a woman move to do. Just keep the man in the dark and just, you know, make them think about what they've done. Um, so, um, I do... I because do, they think we're mind readers. I do, like, um, what is... I can't even remember what is written here. But this is where um, Fred uh, Bosco goes, Frederick! I can't believe you. Like, what does he say? Like, you were one dirty SOB? Because he's trying to, like, get people off the truck. I can't even remember what he says. But I, I just love that line where Bosco's like, Frederick, I can't believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he was doing the same stuff. Yeah, oh, so funny. Oh, man, yes. He's just, like, going back and forth. Just the way that Bosco's trying to get people to take off the, the hands off the truck. Um, so, we're back to the pool scene. Uh, Faith and the the photographer and Yokus. It comes back to that the opening line we get on the previously on in this one, where she's obviously back in that episode too, where she says like, "Don't you ever feel like you want to be something else, or do you want something more?" So he's Yokus pretending to be an heiress. She's independently wealthy. 
Uh, I'm so... She could have passed as one, I'm sure. I just love how she just plays up to it. And this guy sort of loves. Like, I don't look like an heiress. And he's like, oh, what do you think I do? Well, you look like a pool shark. Um, and then we kind of get this, like, cool gangster moment by the photographer where he doesn't even look and pockets a ball. Ooh. Um, and so he sort of leaves. And I love how Holly comes back and just goes, like, who's this? And like, oh, he's a photographer. So we're at the bar. Um, and then we've got this scene between Holly and Yokus, and they're just having a chat, and Holly wants to be Yokus sometimes. Um, uh, you know, trust me, you'd be disappointed. Then we find out that Holly's, uh, husband, Matt, has a girlfriend. That's why they're splitting up. And Yokus, like, I don't know. Is Yokus a bit of a dick here? I kind of also feel for Yokus. I, I kind of agree, you know, like, it's kind of one of those 50-50 line calls here. Yeah, she's a bit of a dick in the delivery of what she does here to Holly, but I can also understand it. So she's just basically, Holly starts talking about her problems, and Yokus is kind of like, look, not tonight. Can we just not talk about your problems? I just want tonight to be about, you know, um, just fun. And Holly's kind of like, well, I've got issues. I want to talk about it. Uh, and then well, Yokus is just like, yeah, just like one night off. And she's like, go to hell. Holly walks off. Um, and from there on in, Kelly stumbles Sinati, off more like she quits acting for good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, but I mean, is, is Yoke a dick here, or do you kind of think she's sort of right? Yeah, I do agree. It was a pretty. It was a. It was definitely a dick move there. Okay. I mean, because yeah, you're supposed to. You're supposed. Yeah, I understand. You want to have that night out and all that stuff, but at the same time, hey, you asked a dear friend of yours to go out. Both of you, both of you got sloshed. So, and come on, we've all been out with that one person who, when they get sloshed, they tell you everything. Which is me. I'm usually so, that drunk one who says everything. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, in in case with that, I mean, you have, well, not you have to, but the decent thing to do would be to, you know, just let them. Let them let it out. I mean, it's not nine times out of ten they won't remember it the next day anyway. But still, still let yeah. them get it out. Exactly, exactly right. So uh, we've got the the pool shark photographer guy is kind of watching on as Holly leaves and kind of Yoka sort of turns around. It's like, oh, so where did you learn to shoot pool from? Uh, so meanwhile, we're back at the uh, the truck. And, uh, you know, boss guy, I'm a cop, I can handle this. And then, you know, statistics guy, you know, like, oh, I wouldn't say that. You're very suggestible to heart attacks. Uh, which, like, can we just note that? Like, Bosco doesn't have a heart attack. But there is something moving forward where it's kind of implied that he has a heart attack, uh, next season. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, a little, you know, foreshadowing in some ways, but not really foreshadowing, if that makes sense. So I just kind of, yeah. I noted that, and I thought it was just like an interesting line there from this, you know, relatively annoying statistician guy. Um, but, yeah, just just something small there to that I thought I would uh, point out. Um, <laughs> well, it's no secret that they do struggle with things like sleep deprivation and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Cops, I mean. So there we <laughs> Bosco talking to uh, this African American gentleman who uh, oh my gosh, he's called this uh, is gold. The character is Leroy Watkins, played by Tim Meadows, who I knew looked familiar. Tim I Meadows, love Tim Meadows. Lots of things. I mean, he's the one of the teachers in Mean Girls, isn't he? Um, and he's uh, the principal. He's the in principal. Mean Girls. Yeah, he's um, the principal. Lots of things here. Actually, I knew he looked familiar. Um, but anyway, so, what does Bosco say, like, hey, Whoopi, you talking to me? It's like, yeah, I'm talking, I'm the rest of the hairstyle like that since Michael Jackson was black. It's like, oh, no, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which oh, man. Just sets up some stuff. Oh, um, my gosh. The banter between those two as the episode goes on 
man. That's another thing that wouldn't pass today. No, no. It just you know, <laughs> I would random thought. I was just thinking that when this is all over, when we're when we're all done podcasting third watch, and of course this is up to you. We should do an entire we should do something uh, compile a list of everything done and said on third watch that would not pass on TV today. Oh yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. Um yeah, it's interesting isn't it to think about how you know, it's very rare I find that we're saying along the lines of things that don't hold up, that are very dated. You know, it's usually down to technology and sort of references and stuff like that. But yeah, like the the, the key elements are definitely things that would not stand up in terms of like what you can and can't say on TV and that today. But I mean, there's, even then though, like there's not a whole lot of that, I feel. Like there are some, but you know, if you're watching a show from like the 80s, there's going to be a lot more, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, yeah, it's... um. It's interesting. So, obviously, uh, Bosco's realizing that kind of everyone's against him. So, Bosco says to Fred, like, oh, it just looks like it's you and me. Fred's like, oh, lucky me. Uh, so, we <laughs> back back to Yokus and uh, photographer guy, which I just, it's, I always intrigues me this storyline. Because, like, you might argue, like, oh, Ben, this is a dirty kid moment. We never see this guy again. But this, to me, again, is one of these one-off storylines, which kind of, it's it's nice for Yokus to go out there and just have a night off and pretend to be someone. I don't know. I just, I like this character development of Yokus that they do this. And we don't know who this guy is because he's, he's a bit creepy, but like, he's like, he's not going to be creepy if that makes sense. And she's a cop. She's obviously going to have her wits about her. So she's not completely dumb. So like, he's obviously like, oh, how did you hurt your hand? Oh, I fell off a polo pony. It's like, oh, were you playing polo? And it's something like, oh no, or something like that. Um, and then he's like, oh, do you want to go see something? Uh, there's a group of people that I find really interesting. He's like, don't you try and hustle me. And it's like, well, look, if you don't like it, you can just turn around and leave. Um, so, you know, we got this bit of setup. Like, oh, what's he going to do? Is he going to attack her? Like, what's going to happen? Um, get a bit of a cut here to uh, the Yokus apartment uh, where Fred's on the phone. Where the hell are you? Get your ass out here to Battery Park, which obviously is going to uh, play a part a little bit later. Uh, meanwhile, Yokus <laughs> is back uh, with the guy, but they're at a photography gallery. I bet you weren't thinking that's where they were going to be. Um... Nope. He has he has a show opening, and uh, he sort of says to Yokus, "Oh, do you like them?" I love how Yokus is just like, "No," <laughs> and then like, uh, you know, she's gonna look at the photo. The photos are really good, actually. Whoever took these photos are great. So, like, you know, obviously mentioning like, "Oh, this is this person uh, was a boxer. Or all his fights are in his entire face." Um, and then just you know, Yokus like, "Oh, they're all so sad. This is terrible." Um, and then he's just basically like, look, I let my subjects be who I want them to be. So this kind of, again, ties into this theme of Yokus wanting to be someone else for a change. And I don't know, it's kind of like, I, I kind of like it. Um, and, and doesn't he also say that he allow that he lets them be what they want to be, but then he takes pictures of the real them as well? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, we kind of get that, uh, set up. Um, and so we're back to the truck. Uh, the mask guy still talking. Um, and what is what does Bosco say? Like, yap, yap, yap. Anybody here yapping? It's you. And it's like, oh, um, what does he say? This is where he says, like, oh, huggy or something like that. Oh, no, you didn't. He's like, oh, stop with the no, you didn't. You're all cartoon characters. Um, it's like, you're all stereotypes. And I just love how he's hey, like, you want to. Pointing out the stereotypes, they point out the stereotype to Bosco that he's kind of the bigoted New York City cop. And then what does like Fred say something? He's like, "Oh, Fred, blue collar package delivery guy on a softball team. You're no stereotype." <laughs> oh, um, and I just love how he's like, "Oh, this used to be about winning. Now it's personal." <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh God, it's brother. so good. Oh, um, brother. So, Yoke, back to Yoke. She's head spinning. Um, vodka and painkillers she's been drinking. So, uh, this photographer guy's like, oh, coffee, and I'll call you a cab. And it's well edited here because kind of like you see her lay down for a second. Next minute, it's night, uh, daytime. She's woken up. She's passed out. Uh, and I love this guy who was like, um, oh, uh, you know, you remember me? Uh, you know, you passed out. Uh, and it's like, oh, shit, I've got to go home. So, Yokus has slept the night at this photographer's studio. Nothing's happened. Don't worry. Yokus didn't cheat. Um, and so, she goes back home and he gets, she, he invites her to his opening at two o'clock. So, uh, will he, will she show up? Who knows? We'll wait and find out. Um, so we get a great, I've got this great shot of the city as they pan down back to this truck contest. Um, we've got the, uh, the, the Jesus guys like collapsing. Uh, he's like, wave those hands, wave those hands, wave those hands. He's like, kill me. And, like grabs and chokes Bosco. Um, and then as he walks out, it's like, get out, get out, loser. And then just, <laughs> that's our screenshot for this episode. There's two great screenshots of this episode. And I went with the Bosco one. So this is one where Bosco's got the loser sign on his head. The other one is like when later on when Jokers is pulling funny faces. So, um, <laughs> what does he say? Like, oh, I'm praying anymore. I'm praying that anyone but him wins. Um, Bosco obviously he's saying like I told you I'd dust them all off and this is I love Bosco's little line here to Fred he's kind of like come on Fred you know you know just you and me we'll get to the end uh, you know you then take your hands off I'll buy a nice little sporting number and I'll give you a thousand dollars let's make a deal I uh, just and I, like you kind of think like oh you know they've got a bit of a, a a deal going on here but they're just like Bosco dick moment like I'll buy a sports car and I'll give you a thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> which you know oh, Bosco man. knows all he wants is his truck, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So uh, we we it's, it's just so funny the way he's kind of going on about it. Friends, obviously, like get away from me, uh, but. <laughs> Oh my god, this oh scene is so god. funny. So Bosco Is like, this the- Yeah, this is where Bosco turns to Leroy and it's kinda like, Hey, who who do you remind me of? Um and it's like, Oh, um actually no, hang on, before we do that, there's a bit where the um the, the mask guy collapses and he's like Barcelona and he's and Bosco's like Barcelona and then so Leroy's like, Yeah, it's in Spain. So this is when obviously he turns like, Who do you remind me of? There's something you remind me of and it's like, oh, that that actor guy, oh, Eddie Murphy. Like, no, 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 no. It's like, oh, Denzel. And it's like, oh, I know who you are, Dynamite, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yes. my god, so funny. I mean, like, I don't. Actually, I really will say, good Eddie Murphy impression too. Like, I I actually don't get the reference. So, like, I'd I'd never know of this character. Like, am I missing something here? Like, JJ Dynamite. Like, can you fill me in here? God, I wish I could. I mean, I've just Googled who said dynamite on TV, JJ. Uh, it's got a lot of things here. Um, Jimmy Walker from... Uh, is, it, is it Eddie Murphy? Or, like, who is it meant to be? Probably Eddie Murphy. So let's see if we can find anything on that based on something Eddie Murphy may have said either on TV or, or in one of his movies. Well, I've got here... Well, when it comes up, actually... Jimmy Walker, known professionally as an American actor and comedian, known for portraying J.J., James Evans Jr., uh, on the CBS television series Good Times. So I'm guessing that's it. Um, I don't Maybe. Know his, his famous line was dynamite. Like, I mean, I've, I've heard that line said before. Um, but And I, I suppose it is this guy. 
because um, there's a few references on his Wikipedia page, and this guy's website is jimmywalkerdynamite.com. So, <laughs> I'm guessing okay. it's this guy. There you go. <laughs> okay, so it's not Eddie Murphy. No, no. <laughs> but I just I just love Bosco. Dynamite! <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so Yoke's is back at the apartment. She hears the voicemail that Fred left. Um, here's it. Oh, God, I Comes love this. Comes screaming down, confronts Fred. Get my ass down ass here. down here? <laughs> Just, like, <laughs> going on. And then I love, like, uh, I love, do love Leroy here when he's, like, going off at uh, Yokus, but then it was all of a sudden kind of like, uh, oh, you know, who are you? You can say whatever you like. My One of my favourite, like, lines here is, like, you know, Boss goes there. She's like, Boss, what are you doing here? And then Fred's kind of like, what are you doing dressed like that? Um, and then, like, I can't remember what Bosco said. I'm going to an art gallery. And then when Bosco says something, and then he's just like, Bosco, you better get your ass on the other side of the truck or I'll come up there. And, like, this is just Bosco's crew. Bosco's so scared. Bosco just, like, sprints around to the other side of the truck. And, like, just, I love the fact that he's tough old Bosco, absolutely shit scared of Yokus. <laughs> Well, wouldn't you be in that moment? Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. But, like, you know, this is where he kind of, like, Yoka stands up to Fred. It's like, we were going to be alone, Fred. You you know, weekend, if you're going to have the weekend you want, I'm going to have the one I want. It's like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to an art gallery opening. <laughs> and it's like, you never want to do stuff like that. Well, isn't this great, Fred? We're growing. <laughs> I mean, seriously, all that was missing from this scene was her going... <laughs> storming away I just love and just the acting of Molly Pricey the way she kind of like awkwardly pauses and has a look on her face and she's like I'm going to an art gallery opening <laughs> it's just so funny and then like creepy Bosco part two he's like wanting to have sex with Emily but then all of a sudden he's like oh now that's some outfit checking out Yokus so maybe I need to backtrack on my point that he never ever at any point he's like you know he suggested this is maybe the one time we ever get Bosco checking out his partner so it's just oh god I love this episode um yes Yokus is then at the art gallery, and uh, our photographer friend before was like, oh, I don't know if anyone's going to show up. Half of New York's here. Um, she's, I love how, like, Yokus just walk in, uh, just kind of, you know, not be on a list or anything. And then we have Random Woman. Is this Shannon? She's all like, this is one of my favourites. Have we met? No, Shannon, you just saw her for the first time. Um, I just, I coordinated this Shannon, gallery. Shannon, Shannon, And I love, I love how, like, Yokus is like, good for you, when she's like, I coordinated this opening, good for you. Um, and then, so we get... Isn't talk- she... Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe we're, maybe I'm getting a little far ahead, but for some reason I'm thinking she's familiar. Uh, no, we, we never... Shannon, I mean. No, we see her for two seconds and... That's it, and I'm, I've seen her, I don't know who she is. I'm looking at her credits here. Um, I have no idea who she is, so she's played. Oh, I thought she appeared, I thought she appeared earlier in the episode. Maybe no. I'm thinking of a different person. No, uh, never. This is Anika Peterson, uh, this actress. So, good for you, Anika. You got a credit in third watch. Uh, <laughs> for two seconds. Yep, cool. Uh, but we, we see our esteemed photographer friend, uh, who's back and talking to Yokus and kind of Yokus here is, you know, all like, oh, so, so what do you want? You know, do you, do you want to sleep with me? And he's just kind of like, no. And, he's like, and I love how she says like, are you gay? And he's just like, what does it matter? So like, you know, 
never really kind of like he just wants to take a picture. That's all he wants. Um, and then he's like, oh, let's go do it now. And it's like, oh, you're going to leave in the middle of your art gallery opening? And I love how he's just kind of like, if I stay around here and talk to them, they want to buy my pictures. If I leave, they think I'm eccentric and they want to buy my pictures even more. Like, I kind of like that. That's a makes, fair point. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I like that. Um, so but this is kind of like a really nice scene here. I, I really like this. And I mean... Me too. I don't, like, this wouldn't make the final five. I think this would be like maybe a top, 15 moment of the season. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is still a strong enough season, uh, scene here where it's kind of, you know, Jokas in the photography studio, sits down. He obviously, like, sort of wipes the face a little bit. And, like, he's, he, whoever, like, he kind of comes across as, like, a really good photographer because he just does not ask her anything. He just lets her talk. And that obviously leads to kind of her saying things and, um, you know, uh, when she kind of, like, is making the funny faces. What do I do now? Pose or something like that. Um, and then he just kind of like, you know, talks to her and she's like saying, oh, I don't feel comfortable with this. And just kind of like, she click, 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 starts crying a little bit. Just the music. It's just, I don't know. It's just so good. I just love the way this scene plays out. And then, uh, you know, how long would these take to develop? Uh, oh no, she's kind of not comfortable. Uh, can I finish this role? And then she obviously says that line of sometimes I do wish I was somebody else. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, it's a nice scene. It's just, there's not like... In terms of just anything coming from it, I guess you don't get a whole lot, but you just feel for Yoka's here, like, just her life, you know? Like, it's, it's kind of just an interesting balance with her character that, you know, what was it, last episode where she's talking to Doc and she's all like, oh, I'm a cop, this is who I am, I'd never change anything. But here, obviously, you know, she's countering that by saying, like, oh, you know, sometimes I do wish I was someone else. And I don't think that's a plot hole, I think that's just a legitimate thing when it comes to a person like this. Like, we all feel like that. I'm sure we've all got things that we love doing and we like what we're doing in our lives for the most part, most of us, I guess. But there are definitely times where we're always like, oh, well, what if I was someone else for a night? You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I, I just like the balance that they do this with Yokus's character. So, um, yeah, I, I love this scene. Uh, anything to add here? I mean, uh, not really a whole lot to talk about overall that I haven't said. No. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you've got anything to add, <laughs> your opinions on it or... No. No? Right. No, you, you, pretty, you, pretty much said, you pretty much said it. So we're back to the truck and uh, Bosco still being cocky. Give it up, boys. And then we uh, obviously get, oh, dramatic tension. There's a bag snatcher. So, of course, Bosco is going to go after them and sprints after it. He moves his hands to the truck. He's going to catch the Bosco. He's going to catch the bag. No, you didn't. He's going to catch the bag snatcher, runs after him, grabs it. And then, obviously, uh, we find out this is all a ruse. They've all played this joke. They've organized this for it. You know, hey, Grandma. Say, Bosco. Oh, no, you didn't. That's Uh, what that. That's what that was. They they so they all planned that. I didn't realize that when watching the episode. Yep, yep. They uh they definitely did. Um, so they did it. I wonder if Fred had to do it to to completely get Bosco off the truck, and uh, he rips off his uh vest and storms off. It's so funny. Now that's the last we'll see of the truck until we get a bit of a reference of it soon. So just uh that's all the fun stuff. Bye, Bosco. But yeah, great stuff there. So fun. Um, so then we, we're in this little diner, Yokus is obviously meeting the photographer, um, and one thing I just want to point out, the music that's playing in the background, ain't no heart, what is it, ain't no, uh, love in the heart of the city, I've written my notes there, um, which I believe, I don't know who sings this version, if I can quickly look it up, it is of course the Bobby Blue Bland, 
um, Bobby Bland, I should say Bobby Bland. Anyway, uh, they, there was a redone version of this that featured Jay Z that was used in the TV show. And we talked about this a few episodes ago. NYC Twenty Two. So that was the theme that they used for NYC Twenty Two. Uh, so I, I'm listening to this song, going, I know that song. Um, but yeah, NYC Twenty Two. Go watch it. It's a good show. Uh, it didn't last for very long, but anyway. Um, so shame. Yokus meets the photographer. Obviously, she admits, oh, you know, I'm not really an heiress. Um, and I just, this is kind of going back to what I was saying before about the opening scene in regards to, you pay a little bit more attention to it. So you see these men walking into this diner, you kind of see Yoka's paying attention to them. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's very good the way it does. And then, um, obviously we then get, uh, Yoka's realizes what's happening here. These men are about to go shooting and kill some people in this diner. So she like stands up. I'm a police officer. Can I use your phone? And then, uh, clearly this guy comes out of the bathroom. Two of the guys leave. This guy comes out of the bathroom with a shotgun, but Yoka's is there waiting and, uh, saves everybody. Uh, call up, dispatch, say you've got a 10.13. It's great. Dramatic music. It's fantastic. She leaves, puts the photos in the bin. Uh, kind of just a nice... It's just a random storyline. Um, like, yeah, arguments, it is a Dirty Kid storyline. It goes nowhere. But it's got a it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Dirty Kid had a beginning. That's it. Uh, so. Why would she throw away the photos, though? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure those. I'm pretty sure they were excellent photos. They were fantastic photos, but I think it just comes down to the fact that she was ashamed and kind of like you know, yeah, it's kind of I guess implying that yeah, she wants to be someone else, but she's not someone else. She is Yoka, so she's going to go home and you know back to her life. And it's kind of just one of these like moments where it's like yeah, it's all well and good to pretend to be someone else for once, but obviously the photos show the emotion of who she is and kind of that she can't really be someone else and. She's just going to go back and be who she is. So, and we've had that a fair bit with Yoka's kind of her back and forth with stuff like that. But, you know, she always comes back to being a, a family woman, a wife and a mother, as well as being a cop. So, um, yeah, she's back home. Um, I missed you. Fred says that. They're laying on top. They've settled each other. They're kind of just chilling on the couch. Um, it's a nice little scene, a nice little makeup <laughs> scene. But then, obviously, yes. you know, Yoka's kind of speaks for the audience. It's kind of like, well, what happened to the truck? And then Fred just doesn't say anything, holds out his hand. He's got the keys in his hand. It's like, no way. <laughs> it's like, you what? Yeah. So we find out that Leroy, basically, they got to the final two and was like, anybody who is uh, married to that woman deserves to win this truck. So he's won the <laughs> truck. Now, I'm going to point out the obvious here, though. Like, it kind of was mentioned back when he's, like, going on about, like, oh, it's free, it's free. And I know it is a thing. We talked a little bit about this in the lottery episode that, obviously, you got to pay taxes. But when you win a truck like that, you've also got to pay taxes on it. So, I mean, yes. does, does, is this just implied that they've just got some money to pay some taxes? I mean, how much is his truck worth? And they just pay taxes on it straight away and he's got it? I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, they don't really address it. I mean, Faith did Faith did say at the very beginning of the episode, well, you got to pay taxes and insurance on it. And, of course, Bosco and Fred being Bosco and Fred, you know, I mean, they just kept saying, it's free. Yeah. It's free. So they, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't bring it up again. I don't know what, like, I mean, I've just Googled here. I've typed in Harley Davidson edition truck to see if there's, like, um, any information about what this is. Apparently there's a, a Ford F-Series uh, light-duty trucks uh, between 2000 and 2012. There was a Harley-Davidson edition, and, yep, just looking here at the photo, that looks like the truck that they're on. Uh, so I couldn't tell you what it would have been worth. Um, so if I went Ford F-150, what, 2001, uh, brand-new cost, see how much one of these would have been worth. Um pff, 
I don't know if I'm even going to find this. This is a bit of a stretch, but uh, this is great on-air podcasting right now. Um, well, we might find something. And regardless of the tax, who knows? Maybe maybe Mr. Leroy could have been well off and covered the covered the cost of the taxes for Fred. Maybe who knows? You're right. You're right there. Maybe like they uh, he liked it so much. Um, yeah, I mean, is this is probably just going to give me used car prices rather than uh, what it was brand new? If this wants to load for me, anyway. So he, he's like the truck, basically. Um, motor trend here. Okay, I found something. Um, uh, so Thirty-two thousand nine hundred ninety-five dollars. I think I've got a price here. So, eh, I mean, okay. what, would the, what would the tax be yeah, on that? We'll I don't roll, know. What's the, we'll what's the tax rate? Like ten percent. Twenty percent, thirty percent. It's twenty percent. That's like six grand that he's got to come up with. Anyway, we're just being too technical here. He's won the fucking truck, Ben. Get over it. Um, they've got one day left to go on their weekend. Uh, I love Yoga's here. You I blew your chance, Mister. And it's like you know, have you ever made love in the back of a sports Harley Davidson edition pickup truck, <laughs> Mrs. Yoga's? <Mrs>. Yoga's. <laughs> And then I just, I just love the line. I love you, and it kind of fades out. Oh, this episode, yeah. so good. Um, yes. Wow. Go ahead. Do you anything to add? No. no I mean, you, I mean, we can't, we can't, we can't really add much. We can't really add much onto that. Wow. Yeah. You're right. I mean, because I mean, because we we know what they did. That that truck was bouncing the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> but like one thing I'll say is like it's kind of we get a reference to it in the next episode but from memory I don't think we kind of ever really get I mean not that we're ever wondering you know five seasons later whatever happened to his truck but I guess it's kind of you know like I mean they they live where they live they guess they're gonna have to find parking for it I mean it's never a plot line but it's not one of these ones that kind of is a missing plot line, if you know what I mean. It's kind of, you know, great. They're right. truck. It's a bit of a reference next episode. Um, and yeah, cool. That's it. Fred's truck. So, um, yeah, I just, it's just a fun little thing. And, you know, it's good yes. that Fred wins it and the Bosco stuff and anyway. But yeah, anyway, so we're off to our evil review section. Um, no question in my mind what I'm doing with this one, Darvell. I mean, what are you doing with this one? Uh, definite buy. You're buying? Definite buy. Lots of, yes, lots of, lots of, com- lots of comedic moments in it and, Awesome. It was it was really great to see Faith really make herself vulnerable. Yeah. Like like that because because she is clearly, you know, really really a private person when it comes to this kind of thing as is her portrayer apparently. Mo- Molly Price is apparently quite a private person in real life. And it was good to see her finally open up to somebody even if it was a complete stranger, you know, about you know, with something that you said it already, something we all struggle with. There are times when, even though we may love who we are, we may love what we do, we may be comfortable in our own skins. Sometimes we just wonder, even briefly, if I were someone else, this. If I were someone else, that. Mm-hmm. And and the and I also like what the photographer said to her about how he allows his subjects to pretend to be other pretend to be other people and he gets photos of that but then he also gets photos of the real them yeah. and yeah going back to the scene where faith was just letting it all out and and click 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 i can only imagine that this guy was you know as faith was letting it all out you know he was taking pictures of her as her as her facial expressions changed or something to really capture the real her 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, yeah loved just, it. And just from an acting standpoint, and from an episode purely based on acting alone, this is one of the the strongest episodes by any actor. Uh, you know, Molly Price is so good. So. Um, you know, just again, we often rag on about how this show didn't get any acting recognition or the fact that some of these actors have really gone on to not bigger and better things, sadly, post third watch. And yeah, Molly Price to me is always one. And like, and like, uh, this is maybe comes down to maybe it's sadly just Hollywood's uh, reaction when it comes to women of a certain age. I mean, post third watch, like Molly Price sadly wasn't, you know, sort of in an age category where perhaps she's wanting to be cast in these things, which is a shame because she is just such an amazing actor. And it's, it's, it's a shame that that might, I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying that's the sole reason, but I mean, I'm sure there might've sadly been a part of it. Um, you know, so she's just an amazing, amazing actor. And, um, yeah, a lot more to talk about Molly Price. We've still got four seasons to go with her. Um, but just, I, I love this woman. She's just such an amazing actor. Uh, and yeah, again, props also to Chris Bauer. We don't often give him a lot of uh, credit, but I mean, Chris Bauer, he's one of these actors who has sort of gone on to a, you know, a few pretty big things post third watch. I mean, as I always say, probably most people would recognize him mainly more so from True Blood. Uh, and obviously, like, he's in a lot of, uh, bit parts in a lot of, uh, fairly big name movies as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely someone who, People would know his face. I mean, he was in American Crime Story, of course, as well. Um, it was kind of a prominent role with the uh, O.J. Simpson stuff. Uh, and he's also one of the uh, the main people, I believe, here I'm reading in uh, Law & Order True Crime in a TV miniseries. So, um, yeah, yeah, Chris that, Bauer. That just ra- that, at the time of this recording, that just wrapped up. Yeah, I mean... I, I really like Chris Bauer. He's kind of one of these ones that whenever he pops up and things, I'm, I'm always good. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about him because he's going to join the the cast as a main cast member. I believe in season four he's credited finally as a as a main cast member. Three or maybe four. Some some in season three maybe. So anyway, I think it's but three. Uh, we're into Evil or Review right about now. Uh, God, do we miss Evil or Larue? I do. Um, no, we just did that, didn't I? Sorry, Ben. What am I talking about? I'm uh, just. I'm just lost in my own head. I'm just talking about yeah. everyone. I'm obviously buying this episode, duh. Uh, so you've had nine in a row. Uh, it's 11 in a row, including the two uh, brandy ones in the middle there for our uh, second co-host on this slot. Uh, and I'm back onto a streak of eight in a row. So, um, yeah, you, you've you technically, you've equaled the 11 in a row from me if you can classify brandy in there, uh, kind of you as a one unit. Uh, but uh, solo, uh, you got a few more to catch up, but you'll see how you go. I'm sure you, you might. Um, yeah, but all right. So that leaves us one more episode to go of this season. Wow. I tell you what, when we got to the end of season one and I'm like, wow, what's season two? I can't wait. Um, this has just gone by so quickly because this season is just so good. Um, and we're off into, it's a, it's an interesting one. It's always a memorable episode in Zeus wept. Um, it's, I will say this is going to be the last finale that won't end on a big cliffhanger. In a cliffhanger. So, like, it's it's a similar se- to season one finale in the fact that it's kind of its sole episode and kind of, you know, will reboot things moving forward. And this is obviously the last po- pre-9-11 episode. So, yes. this is kind of, again, and we'll raise questions of this, you know, maybe a bit in this episode, obviously a bit in our season two recap, and obviously moving forward when it comes to the 9-11 stuff. But what were they going to do? with this show if 9-11 didn't happen. So you've always got to just think that this episode is kind of the last... I don't want to say innocent episode, that's not right. But, like, season three, pretty much half the season is around 9-11, which is fair enough. 
There's you could, no way they're going to avoid it. But it's just kind of, it's always interesting yeah. to go into this episode realizing that. But it's it's still also kind of, I feel, a very uh, prominent episode. We've seen this a few times this season, haven't we? With like, you know, four days yeah. and, and sort of all these uh, issues where it comes up that uh, still, you know, nearly 20 years after these episodes, these are still very relevant in society. We've obviously got basically all of our, all of involved, revolved, I learned to speak English, man, that would be good. Um, around a school shooting, um, and yes. kind of just what's going on with that. So, I feel that also it's going to be a bit similar to Honor in the fact that uh, there's going to be a large portions of this episode we can kind of go over fairly quickly because you know, in terms of what's happening, is the action on screen and sort of it's more a case of probably watching it is better than talking about it. But um, I like it. I think it's a very strong episode. Um, I think it, it works in its own world. We, again, it kind of shows that you don't always need to go out on a huge cliffhanger. And I'm not taking away from the finales we'll have moving forward. But um, it's an effective way to close out uh, just an amazing season of television. Yes. Yep. Did season three go out on a cliffhanger? I don't quite remember. Yeah, sort of. I mean, it was I a blackout. Four, I know it was. five definitely did. I mean, it's, it's, it technically does because it's the blackout and we kind of get that scene of them all in their riot gear about to crash out into the streets as it then cuts to black, you know, with the credits. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's season three is kind of the middle ground cliffhanger in the fact that it's not one of these cliffhangers that you're like, oh, my God, I have to see what happens. Will they survive, if you know what I mean? It's kind of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's a middle ground cliffhanger, but it's still a cliffhanger. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll obviously uh, get to that one uh, in season three, but we're at the end of season two now. Uh, in the meantime, anybody who wants to get involved with these episodes, man, remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or on Instagram, YouTube, uh, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. And just a reminder that, like, if uh, by all means you've messaged us, uh, say maybe you listened to this episode and you're going off at me for my stupid knowledge of uh, the random doctors in Third Watch and just yelling at me, oh, you're not really a fan of this show, uh, and you're thinking, like, God, he never responds or he never addresses that on air, just to kind of take away some of the illusion uh, from this, the fact that we recorded this episode in November 2017, and judging on our scheduling, this actually is not set to be released till March 2018. So there's about a four-month gap in between when we've actually recorded this and when we've released that. So in between then, a lot of stuff might have happened. We might have had interviews with some of these cast members. We might have, you know, had some other people join the show. We, who knows what might have happened? You might have emailed in uh, to us uh, going off that the worst thing in the world. Who knows? But, like, just wanted to kind of clarify that to take away a little bit of the illusion from these episodes the magic of podcasting but uh you know by all means we never ignore any sort of emails or messages that we do get or comments because we don't really get that many so of course we're going to pay homage yeah. when we get them so um, yes yeah. and of course and of course we hope that you know when you reach out we hope that it's not to say fuck you guys we don't like you guys we're never listening again you guys fucking suck <laughs> we hope it's not that we and hope if you are, right. Dad, stop messaging in. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we hope you're, obviously, if what you're listening... What does your dad have against Third Watch? He, nothing. He's probably just like, Ben, stop podcasting. Um, so, anyway, but yeah, we obviously hope if you're listening to these and you're a Third Watch fan, we uh, hopefully you are enjoying them. Uh, so, we're back next week. And Zeus Wept, uh, the final episode of Season 2. Looking forward to it. My name is Ben, and Darvell, have you ever made love in the back of a sports Harley Edition pickup truck? My name is Darvell and Mr. Waterworth. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.